The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Trevor Flynn. I'm Peter Dancy. I'm Jenna Rose. And I'm Ben Haworth. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. Today, we're going to be going back to the Timothy Dalton, the last of the Timothy Dalton, his short-lived era. We're going to be reviewing A License to Kill and all the magical iguanas inside of it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back. Who's excited for iguanas? I'm excited for iguanas. <laughs> There's actually yeah, a really iguanas. great poster where the iguanas, like, center stage. <laughs> yeah, they know. They, like, they like literally play up that iguana. Like, he's like, I'm a villain, but I'm not a villain's villain. I have an iguana instead of a cat, and now it's a thing. Uh, anyways, yeah, so this is another directed by John Glenn, bleh, uh, James Bond, <laughs> written by Michael G. Wilson, Richard Mabum, <laughs> starring Timothy Dalton, Robert Cavey, Carrie Lowell. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a little bit different. I got a little bit of a summary here. After capturing a drug lord, Felix Leiter is left for dead and his wife is murdered because we just can't kill Leiter for some reason. It's got to be his wife, too, for yeah. some unknown revenge reason. He's still alive. Like, what? He's not dead. Stop acting. Sorry. Anyways, James Bond goes rogue and seeks vengeance on those responsible as he infiltrates an organization posing as a hitman uh yeah let's throw directly to jenna this time what did you think i'm oh, sorry i threw J- to jenna last time i'm so sorry uh let's go let's start a bin off the top license to kill 1989's first timothy dalton james second timothy Dalton, james don what did you think of this one i know you slightly you don't like this one as much as the previous i don't but i still like it um it is just odd uh, this is one I mentioned before that uh, my introduction to Bond really was a uh, seven disc pack that someone got me. I, I still don't know who got me this for Christmas, but it was uh, very strange because when the, they did these DVD packs of 21 Bond films, they did not do them in chronological order. They did them in sampler order. So you got a couple Conneries and a couple things. So uh, License to Kill was the one in there. And uh, it was always the one that I felt the most... Uh, scandalized watching because it was so much more <laughs> violent and intense than the other ones um this is an interesting one this is this is the first kind of attempt i would say in a modern era way i know the 80s is, is a long time ago now um but because uh, uh, we're all old um but it, it's it's at least attempting to kind of bring a little bit of grit and and gravitas, name it gravitas, sleaze, um, and <laughs> a kind of uh, a, a drug Miami action movie 80s era uh, flair to Bond. And, and one of the things I like about Bond is that it will often represent the era of action movies it is part of. And this very much feels uh, a capper to those kind of 80s drug, uh, a mix of the Miami Vice TV show and uh, every canon you know- movie you've ever seen. Um, you know what? It's one of my favorite things. I'm just going to have to say this for today. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, when they had like Arkham Asylum and, and like every all the reviews said, oh, make you feel like Batman. I'm going to like tally every time today that we mentioned Miami Vice. In the con- I mean, it's very <laughs> applicable, but it is like Miami Vice Bond is like definitely how I always remember this movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. And uh, I, I think what it takes for me is that uh, I think John Glenn maybe just wasn't the right director for it now that I'm an adult. I think it is. It, it, it still has some schlock elements to it. Uh, 
the scene I always point to is that someone shoots a shotgun through a door and it makes a cartoonish perfect circle like it's mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. like it's straight out of <laughs> yeah. a Roger Moore era. And it's that kind of tonal stuff where it's like I don't think John Glenn was quite up to it. But Look, uh, looking at his, I, as I, his as a director, I'm looking for the movie that John Glenn was the right director for. Mm, ow. <laughs> I would say Living Daylights. I think that's the one answer. Um, the Living. Ah, I have more to say about it. I, I agree. I, I, I think it's his best film. He thinks that this is his best film. By the way, John Glenn says this is his crowning achievement. So that's interesting. Not, not but, uh, Anyways, keep going, please. Sorry. And uh, yeah, and I think it's uh, the the one thing I think uh, that leads me with that is very interesting is, is I wish we got a third because. Uh, I, I think there was something interesting they were doing with with making them more about kind of current issues, more about sort of stuff that is like in the media of the time. The next one was apparently going to be all about like Hong Kong and the rise in robotics and about the British leaving Hong Kong or finally deciding to leave Hong Kong at a certain point and <laughs> this whole kind of strange, odd thing. And I don't know if it would worked, but I think it's kind of fascinating and, and interesting. They were trying to do something versus, you know, Brosnan goes back to more of a, uh, a more polished, more era. I would say this was trying to be something <laughs> a little different. I don't think life skill works as well, uh, but I, I like it. Also, Robert Davi is, a big old sleazeball and uh, Benicio del Toro already hand boned in 1987. And very hot, very attractive, very, very attractive Benicio del Toro in this movie. All right, that's great. Cool. Agreed. <laughs> I, I would argue he's more compelling than the villain, but that's Honey my problem. It's the greatest yeah. line delivery of all time. <laughs> I just, I want to point this out real quick because John Glenn's movies after this, like he's been editor and second unit director for a bunch of shit. And then he did For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, License to Kill. And then after those, uh, the Bonds that he did, he did Checkered Flag, a 1990s direct to television movie about like Formula One. Then he did Aces, Iron Eagle 3, which is apparently an, a third Iron Eagle movie I didn't know existed. And then he did Christopher, the 1992 Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, which is an infamous bomb, (laughs) like one of the biggest bombs of all time, I believe, which is amazing. Well, first off, it is one of the greatest bombs of all time. Also, talk about like, or is it 1492, the biggest bomb of all time? There's two Christopher Columbus movies that are bombs. (laughs) Yeah. Bond isn't even the most like out of date thing in his like movie film like that's nothing crazy it's like what do you think age is the worst of his like filmography and it's not the bonds and you're it's like, almost like nobody ever possible? thought the idea of christopher columbus being the first person to discover the north america yeah. the last movie he made was with tony eckhart and the point men which is a 2001 movie i literally cannot find yeah 2001 action crime thriller film by john glenn the director of all the james bond films in the 1980s that's like how that's how the movie itself is described being made by the director of a bunch of James Bond movies. Yeah. Wow. Also starring the leading lady from that, so clearly they were trying to do something. Oh, there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This just in. Um, you forgot an important um, thing that he directed, which is that in 1995, he directed all episodes of the show Space Precinct. 1995's <sighs> television series Space Precinct. I need to find every episode of this. It appears to be just mall cops in space. Um, so... Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Jenna, we haven't talked to you yet. What did you think of License to Kill? I thought it was okay. I prefer um, Living Daylights with Dalton to this one. Uh, I do I do agree. It was a lot like grittier, darker. Um, 
but it was just, yeah I don't know it wasn't memorable like it won't stick out to my to my mind in a year from now you know yeah yeah no I I think I think yeah I think I think we've talked we danced around a little bit I think there's I'm trying to figure out like the divide on people who are more or less positive about this one Peter you are more positive about this film why oh, oh uh, yeah I'm a little more positive on this because because I I guess I liked seeing for like seeing like for once where it was expressly said it was explicitly said and stated in the film oh James is doing this for like a revenge vendetta like out of like yeah. out of all out of all of his previous adventures for the first time this is him saying i'm going to go rogue off the rails mm-hmm. because i want to avenge a friend and it's like yeah. and it's like 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 all of the like all, all of the crazy shit that, that, he, that he would do because of that. Like, like he, like, he, like um, t- t- towards, towards the end where he, where he basically framed that guy and uh, framed, framed that guy where he's like, hey, where Sanchez, Sanchez was saying, where's my money? And the guy was like, I don't know. Turns out, no, like Bond put it in like, like his, like this, like his pressurized press, like this pressurizer cha- pressure chamber like, like below, below deck to frame him. And it's like, and, and I remember that scene because like Bond, like, like after, after having him all set up, Bond could have just left and be like, okay, we're gonna like leave. No, Bond stayed there to watch a man die yeah. that he set up. Yeah. Like, because and like he kind of flinch. To- like, oh, this is gruesome. Is this what I wanted? Oh, but I have to look. Right. It's 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 like it's like this was Bond out for revenge. And I I, I guess I guess I just appreciated that a bit because it's like because you know, finally he's like th- that that is the that is his whole reason for even doing this not 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 because oh pretty woman i saw in a picture in the dossier of the of the actual antagonist of the actual antagonist not oh some guy i saw over there and like and, and he just happens to be part of this case no total vendetta completely ignore what he actually had to do went off on his own that's why we're here and i i i i guess i, I guess i was just like part of my mind was like yay Finally, him just going off the rails because it's like, why would MI6 be shot be shocked by him deciding to go rogue at all? He do, he does this in some form, literally every movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that there's I think I'm, I don't think that I like this movie as a whole for a lot of different reasons. I think that what I find interesting about this movie is that I find that there's a lot of moments that I very much memorize from like bonds. I'm sorry. The final sequence with the tanker and like with him lighting him on fire is like the most intimidating, like villain chase in a James Bond sequence. Like when he's on the tank, like when he's on the tanker with the machete coming at bond, I really buy. And I also think they just set up the danger level for bond more in this one. It's just, it just seems dangerous. It just seems like the stakes are higher. Like it's the first bond in a while where I I felt like Jesus Christ these are actual like stakes and shit you know what I mean and I think that's the I think that's the thing too and it's like I'm sorry like as much as like I don't bind the revenge arc and it's just like sort of weird how they kill the wife and well I think the reason that they do that because you brought that up earlier I think they specifically call back to the Lazenby Majesty Secret Service yeah his wife died to make this Mm -hmm. about his dead wife why that is a perfectly good question (laughs) (laughs) like I, I agree with you entirely you are are correct and you're there you're totally right that's what they're doing but my my, my again my next thought is like but why <laughs> yeah and my notes i'm, I'm just Ryan like reynolds from white castle but why yeah in my notes i just wrote like all caps he was married once 
<laughs> Marriage is sacred to a James long time Bond. ago. Yeah, because we're slowly turning into him into Jed. I have like a dad complex with James Bond. I'm just realizing this now as I talk to you guys. Are you just because I feel like purpose. this whole journey is about you like like contextualizing that? My and, like, father. Yes. Every time <laughs> we get this I'm version of this epiphany. Do your parents a, listen to this? That's the real hard. question. No, no. Absolutely Are you sure, not. buddy? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's, a, it's a green death. <laughs> Did you just drink shame him? Is that? I didn't yeah, know that was a thing. Yeah, you can drink shame. It's like the qual- high quality drink. This is a. This is actually a last word. It is an ounce of uh, shit. Nobody cares if you drink Spanish. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> all of you. I bought expensive liqueurs. I want to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Look, and Trevor, this is I what I was talking about earlier, buddy. You keep us all honest. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if you ask me what's in my drink, I'll tell you. But exactly. Well, now we're all waiting. To come on. Yours. Yeah, I know. Yeah, come on. What's this is more drink? interesting than a license to kill? Uh, just dirt to be cheap Jim Beam rye Rude. and uh, some uh, <laughs> some average bartender sugar and uh, some Angostura bitters. That's that's God. A bit of a Ooh. Uh, you actually had that ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Special. No, I I, I, look, I, I think this p- is the most gruesome James Bond movie I've seen. It is just oh, yeah. so, the violence I is I, I I don't like it. It's it's too much for me. I just like like it is still campy, and it's just like like you were talking about. It's just kind of whiplash in terms of like, but it's so gruesome though. Like the stakes are so high, and then like whenever they have Timothy Dalton crack a one liner, it's like. Uh, uh, Okay, yeah, moving on. Another henchman dead. Oh my god, too. When they put the note on the on the on Felix's body that something uh, disagreed with him that ate him, I'm just like, wow, those camp lines are like really dark when uh, they're applied seriously. Except like Jesus, then Christ. he was still alive. <laughs> That's the part that like yeah. crushed me yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I just because it was leg. like they just this ate a leg. corny note on him, and then somehow he managed to survive a tiger shark. Like. What are you doing, bro? Yeah, I, I, that whole sequence, the death and like the I, I don't I don't like the setup. I like the payoff of this movie. And I think that's mm. the shitty bit about it. And I don't know that like you should like it. And I think I have a question about myself as a critic by the fact that I do like it. I still love it when he burns him with a lighter. I don't know why that works for me. It just does. It, it's, I, I, payoff. It's, it's that wedding it's, gift. It's set up whenever it's like a fucking yeah, huge a, a flame, which of like, course it would yeah. be. Like, like the, like the context of like killing her and not him. And then also like this, just the corniness of the death and the setup. It's just like, uh, vengeance, <laughs> James Bond. Uh. Like, I, I don't like it, but at the same time, when he burns him, when he's like, he's like, you could have had everything. And like, it just, and it's like, it's, it's, it's like the villain to a T like, just like, why didn't you do this? And it's, he just still can't even understand. I just love it. I just love that moment where he like whips out that lighter and he's just like, Bah-bah! I don't know. I still like that. I, I also like the tankard chase. I just think it's I just think it, I'm totally ripping that off for a like right now for a pen and paper pod. There's so you know many they, they go so lean hardcore into the vehicles in this movie, right? Like it is just like all yeah, yeah. the vehicles and the people are just kind of there. I feel like I, I maybe, maybe maybe this maybe one of the things the, that I think the cars, is the tankards, the, 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 the one the one tanker that he's like, I'm going to have I'm going to have a lean on one side and drive for no reason, <laughs> which apparently somebody actually did that. They had yeah. like a whole rig put together and then yeah. didn't need to use it. Someone just did it. So wow. 
Yeah. Which is That's just impressive. which is just so dangerous. Which <laughs> is just so the most James Bond absolutely. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where you think about the fact that like this this, this these productions were so close always to just having a death that just ended James Bond forever. Like that I think that's the amazing thing about these productions is the fact that like like all we were like we they were never like a twilight zone away like away from like being done forever. I, I think that's depressing but also totally accurate. Um, pretty much every movie is reckoning with the fact that like this is still acceptable this guy is still popular like that is a thing too right like just in terms of the zeitgeist and everything yeah Yeah. like Lazenby was like oh this bond is gonna be over right and then it kept going for another fucking 20 years also the most uh, Desmond Llewellyn appearance in any bond film yes which it really has going with going for it with Q in this one. Q yeah. is adorable here. I got it. I got to give it that. First first element here, Desmond Llewellyn was the first time he no- made any real money out of a Bond film was this one, which is horrifying to me. Wait, really? Does yeah, he just like he pass said that. the Screen Guild like time mark to actually get properly yeah. paid or something? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he he had been making cameos in Bond and enjoy it and had actually like been on like like tours talking about Bond stuff. So he'd made money from it in the past. Seriously, though, yeah. death by yeah, decompression we, in this movie. Fucking gruesome, just, man. Just they couldn't even use the whole all thing. All the deaths. Not Jesus. how that works either, but whatever. Death by fish, death by switchblade, death by getting eviscerated in a meat grinder. Eels. The, the only Shots? characterizing thing about the, the, the I was just saying, the, the most slight characterizing thing about the villain is all the creative ways he, pe- he, he kills people and enjoys it. Like, they're just like, yeah. hey, you know how, like, evil Bond villains enjoy killing people? Let's just have the whole movie with him, like, killing people in ever more creative ways. That's how bad Just this the, guy the, is. This really realistic drug lord. Yeah. The creativity of this guy, like, because he apparently, because apparently his, like his law is the law in, in so many South American countries, like just off the charts. Dude, dude, dude is running things. Yeah. Well, it's also, I think it works because like they always, anytime they suggest that somebody's going to die in a certain way, they actually complete it. They don't show a death trap that just totally fails because James Bond. They show a death trap with the shark and it works. They show, they put the death trap they put James Bond in when they're going to slide him into the fucking grinder actually goes through that the other guy gets slid into the grinder. So like, Benicio del Toro, they do, yeah. They, yeah they, Toro. they do a really Shredded. good job. They do a really good job of like setting up. Also, Denisio del Toro in this is pretty fucking good. He's terrifying, dude. I'm just saying, like he's. Well, he brings he's, that he's Benicio like, weirdness energy. Um, I don't know if you ever saw. Yeah. Escape from yeah. Danamora. It was a pretty good uh, prison limited series, prison escape limited series from a couple years ago, and he famously oh, I uh, gives us some ridiculous line where he goes like, "Don't tell." Anybody? <laughs> I'm not kidding. He goes that weird. And Ben Stiller was oh like, God. "Here's the thing about Benicio del Toro. He zigs when you think he's gonna zag, and you just gotta let him do it. Sometimes <laughs> it's very clear that John Glenn was not expecting this new, fresh-faced, gorgeous actor to be a weirdo, and uh, it kind of makes for uh, that, that creepy energy that makes him so good and stuff like uh, Usual Suspects just and, and, and other cha- chaotic evil." Chaotic evil yeah. energy where you're just like, uh, he's hot, but oh, please don't like, don't come anywhere near me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually pretty fair. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and put some scores on this bad boy. We're 21 minutes into it. We need to talk about it. Uh, let's start with you, Jenna. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Like I, I kind of liked for some, in some ways that it was the like darkier, darker, edgier, grittier kind of thing. Um, but I just didn't like it as much as living daylights. So a six. 
would watch it again, but not going to seek it out. Trevor? I give it a five. The tone doesn't jive with me. And as much as I like the love interest, uh, they're back and forth. And this whole dumb add on thing where he's juggling the two of them is just so painfully cringy. I just it's not a big part of the movie or anything, but like it's just yeah, it's so lazy. I, I, yeah, I don't like the writing in this very much. I, I give it that it has some great action scenes. But it just uh, totally, just the feel of it, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Peter. Wait, what score did you get it? What what score? Sorry, five. I don't know why I can. I, I give it a five. Why can I never remember what score you get things? <laughs> I just, you, you talk and I just, I You're just distracted like by over. my clear cut reasoning. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's also because, because, because he, he like semi buries it, buries what? Yeah, yeah. Of, it's of like everybody's like sentence. five. Here's the reason why. And he, Trevor's like, let us me lead you on it. <laughs> I say five up front. I, mean, I, I mean, can say the first thing. All right, Frodo, throw the one ring. Let's hear it. Come on. No, just kidding. Peter. <laughs> um. I, okay. Wait. I. I. I gave. Uh. Blah blah blah. Living daylights to six point five. And I said. Yeah. I, I, and I said like this a little more. So I would give this just a shot. Just a little shot above. Above that, I'll give this a seven. Uh. I. 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 I guess the the the, t- the tone of of a Bond film being significantly more visually violent. I did enjoy for some reason. <laughs> Um, and I, and I and I and I guess like to- total subjective. I, I I will say it it did help for me personally that Gladys Knight sang the open sang, sang the opening yeah. song and 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 then, and then we and then we got and, and then um at, for for the, for the ending credits we got um uh what was it if if you want me to by by Pat, by Patty Labelle like, like that was just I seen the cake for me. I was just like I have not heard Patty's voice in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I. I I, I I will I will agree though with with, with Trevor about about the romance with, with the with the Bond girl. I I would I I wish that 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 it was that that um, that they didn't have to do the whole typical oh let's have them fall in love for no just for no for no, like, no real reason can 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 they not just be like two people who recognize yes we are both badasses and we respect each other but like no we have to we have we have to have sex because reasons because they're attractive what else do you do on TV. <laughs> Right. Well, in Moonraker, they're totally spies with benefits, True. and that's still, I think, partly why it's part of part of it's just so uncomplicated. They just fuck, and it's fine. Exactly, like yeah. they, just even the the lack of the romance, just have sex and get done with it, kind of thing. Thank you. Like, just just, just do just do it because you want to, not because knock, you like knock it out. Just knock because it it's out. fun. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, seven, seven for me. Ben. All right, so um, it's pretty close. It's a seven for me um, as well. Um, just a little bit under, like I said, um, Living Daylights. I just think for what it gains and having a more um, interesting um, plot in terms of just at least in terms of like, okay, let's go in a different direction. Let's deal with something like current, which is the Miami drug trade, whether that was as big a deal as it was in the time or not this is a different matter again it's the mujahideen all over again um so uh whether that age as well or not it's certainly something that was in a lot of 80s movies and, and action movies in particular and i found that very interesting i think the fashion's a little more on point again maybe from miami vice um i 
like the whole revenge element. It's the only pure revenge film, I feel like. At Quantum of Solace, I, I think my big problem with that movie is it's not enough of a revenge, straight up revenge film. It kind of gets distracted. And this very much is, I'm going to take down this bad guy who did this terrible thing to my friend. I agree the the, the, the wife fridging is not the best, um, but I guess also they don't want to just avenge his leg you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um i, I kind of get it but yeah it's not the not the greatest uh and and part of me just is one of those weird things is like i wish i gotten an old felix lighter from one of the other films to come back um yeah. that would have been cool wait didn't they uh, yeah this is, no this no, guy he's, yeah well, he's he, completely he, he is totally old new. he was 60 he was in uh he he played it in um the first Roger Moore, the the black exploitation yeah. pick. I I got a vibe that they were like, oh, we're killing off Roger Moore. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe there. I feel like there's like Roger a, Moore's Felix. Yeah, that's <laughs> like exactly. By association. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the Robert Darby, I very much enjoy as I do uh, Benicio del Toro. I just think some of the. The jokiness is dumb, and and you're also starting to see the uh, issue, which is that Bond tiptoeing into uh, slightly less bad <laughs> in terms of misogyny, but uh, often that can cause his own problems. Uh, this being the, hey, Bond can sleep with two ladies and they can't both be alive at the end, but then it becomes like a weird love triangle <laughs> we've argued about, which is uh, not 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 a super improvement. At least they're both alive, which is good, but you know maybe that's why <laughs> they were just more convenient that way. But uh, Bond's whole thing of falling in love with a woman and never hearing from her again always kind of is uh, part of the uh, sleaze factor yeah. of the whole genre. I guess yeah. you're right. Ben. It is yeah. it is less lazy than just killing a character that you don't want to deal for with. sure. And it's like the tiptoeing <laughs> thing, but is it is it quite there yet or not? I don't know. Uh, I will say in the in the in the positive of what we didn't talk about is I really do like um, uh, Carrie Lowell as Pam Bouvier. I think she's a you know, uh, the, the love stuff is a little frustrating, but I like that she's talented. She's she's really good at her job, and they don't kind of, like, overdo it, which is part of my problem with Tomorrow Never Dies. But they're like, she's the female James Bond. She's the free. She is. Guys, look, look at her. Like, she just is <laughs> badass and cool and does her stuff, even though sometimes it's a little uh, little still behind the times. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I dig it, and uh, I, I enjoy this one. It's fun to come back to, even if it's... Uh, it's grim dark, but it's not so grim dark as Quantum of Solace, where it just feels oppressive and like awful. <laughs> Shitty. Where it's yeah. like Quantum of Solace has like a a really realistic, awful rape scene, and you're like, ugh, <laughs> you know, and like, Ooh, wait, I think I wait, wait, that. wait, 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 attempted I, rape scene. It doesn't happen, but the uh, general oh, yeah, pulls a woman oh, away yo, with, with, the, with yeah, the fake televangelist. Yeah. Yes. No, no, oh, not in this. Not in this. Man. Yeah, but, yeah, no. To be to be honest, I almost forget about that. Which yeah, is so even like more horrifying. Um, I I appreciate that this film is in being more sleazy. You can kind of more like a guy fucking is like you sleep with him. I cut your heart out and give it to you. It's like it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> like it, yeah, it's it, it it works. It's to a better. level that I That's, can enjoy more versus like Quantum of Solace. He's like drink the oil, bitch, and you're like fuck. Dude, <laughs> like, like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, seven for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's not perfect for sure, but uh, it's it's a, it's an interesting one to come back to. And I think ages uh, better than than most. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page. I give it a seven as well. I think that it is a very I think that it is a uh, I think it's a fun Bond movie. I think 
I don't know. Maybe this is the one that works for me on the Dalton because like Dalton trying to do regular Bond stuff bugs me in the living daylights a little bit. So like, I mean, again, and, and I gave I gave that a six. So this is a whole point up for me. Uh, I, I just think that there's no other Bond film that's like this movie. And I think this is a very passable, successful movies for an 89 movie. Yeah, it's sexist. But fuck me, man. Is it not? Like, I know this is shitty to say, but like by the by the rest of the canon, this is barely sexist. And I, I know that's shitty. And and, you know, putting it into the context of the rest of the Bond, because it is the 89 Bond film. So it should be better <laughs> by now. And it isn't. I mean, I'm just going to own up to that. It is pro- it's problematic. And we're and th- th- this is like this is this is a hard fridging. That is a hard, hard, hard fridging. Uh, and it and it just it sh- like the only reason he had Felix even has a wife is so that they can't kill Felix off, which just feels so painful to some extent. So it's like we have to avenge the murder of a woman versus the murder of a man. Another good like, comparison to Quantum of Solace when Felix bites it. <laughs> yeah, it's the same sort of thing too with like also like, you know, it like them just playing off like the suggestion of like I, I really, really, really genuinely hate the fact that they like vibe on Bond's like dead wife for this for like no reason. Like and or like the series has never actually dealt with it, but it's just like super aware of it. And then it's weird the that it is so much its own movie and at the same time it's whole, the whole that whole point of its premise is totally borrowed from like a film from like uh, yeah, twenty years ago now. I, I don't know how, how long ago that was. I, I'm just gonna say though, the the villain does so much for me in this movie, and I think I th- I agree with Ben entirely. Like it is painful. It is like painful, but at the same time, like you know, I I just think that's like he just Sanchez is just like immediately evil in such a way that it's like you know this this is like the grimdark version of it but it's also like it just works you know he's just like throwing people in all these traps and just watching a villain just like complete a james bond like shark trap and it actually pull off it's just like intimidating on a factor that's just a no other bond movie that i just i'm just like whoa and then he just like comes up with a fucking machete and it's just like and i think that's the thing i think there's just like a certain amount of realistic brutality to this villain and like yeah you 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 uncomfortably feel like this person might actually exist do you know what i mean that's that's maybe that's the thing that's just like that's the grim darkness of it is like this person might actually exist and just be coming at you with a machete and like bond gets his ass beat more than any other film at the end of this movie like like dalton at the end of this movie is just like on the rock with blood dripping out of his face and you're like i don't remember ever seeing bond this beat the fuck up ever like that's just not how it worked in the more era and i think this is where they like pull it to and they kind of hint at the future of bond and where it could go and you know obviously it's going to go back to the more hard during the you know the brosnan era but you know in that golden eye that golden one moment it is perfect for me and i think that's this is like this is heading there and i think that's the the difference is that this shakes it up and i think this is fun getting a villain where you look at them and you think oh you're serious yeah i think that's the first time in a while that we've had a villain where i'm like god he's jesus christ this guy's terrifying that's that's like that's that's probably where i'm like probably on on par with this so yeah uh yeah plus uh 11 divided by five look i can do math it's gonna be a 6.4 or a 6.5 so we actually do rate living daylights higher still uh yeah for the movie gang podcast this has been jenna rose have a good one peter dancy thanks guys i have huge indigestion while i'm <laughs> saying you guys names i apologize i'm not burping uh ben howard have a good day <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Ben just died. Not Ben. Uh, Jack, Jack just died. Over there. Okay? At least we all get to enjoy it, right? I just, you okay? I just like legitimately. Oh threw my gosh, in my mouth. Jack. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. For the Movie Game Podcast, this, I've been your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. This is TuscanShed.com, where you can check out all other podcasts, including Animania and Pit and Paper Pot, and just go fucking do it so I can get out of this podcast. <laughs> and he loves us, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. I love all of you We're very all beautiful much, or gorgeous, whichever adverb you used earlier. Adjective. Booth for our Movie Game Podcast, and by extension, the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs>